Hello and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Between the Presets, a podcast by me, Rudy Stetner, that comes out every Monday evening. Here is the place where anything that can be said in polite company is fair game for discussion, even if it occasionally offends. Let's roll. Please be advised that this episode of Between the Presets contains material that may be unsuitable for younger audiences. If that is an issue, please listen at another time or on headphones. Thank you. Good evening. It is yet again Monday, the Monday night, the 16th of Cheshvan, October 30th. Um, today I observed the yard site, the anniversary of my grandfather's passing. He was born in Austria-Hungary in the late 1880s in very different times. Um, his father, I understand, was a Republican with a small r. Um, he wanted to see Hungary become an independent republic. Um, he wanted uh, his children to go to Jewish schools in which they would be taught in Hungarian. It was a very different time. When someone asks you or me, how many children do you have? I include in that total uh, both boys and girls. Back in those times, only the males were counted. And this was even among fairly progressive individuals. My grandfather ended up, uh, after the war, leaving Hungary, going to Germany, meeting my grandmother, getting married, taking on German citizenship. Then, of course, it was about 13 or 14 years, and they had to leave for uh, the United States. Of course, we now know in 2020 hindsight that uh, his German citizenship was abrogated and its protections to him and his wife and children dissolved, leading me to observe that the law is a promise and a law not enforced is a promise broken. To me, growing up, I heard my grandparents speaking German. It was an Americanized German. I remember my grandmother saying, Ich gehe die living room, die newspaper zu lesen. I'm going into the, news, the living room to read the newspaper. It happens I've heard people speak Spanish in the same manner. Language kind of absorbs its surroundings and is in a state of constant change. If there is one thing I learned from my grandparents, they clung to their German language. They loved the United States, were grateful to the United States, but they and 
my father uh, preserved memories of the culture of the old of the old country. There are people who, after the war, refused to speak German, and I totally understand that. I am familiar with that mindset. But then there is the other mindset that languages do not kill people, people kill people. And there is the idea that I will not let my enemy own the language I speak. It is a form of surrender in which I refuse to indulge. And I understand that mentality equally well. I was very saddened um, uh, during the war with Russia and Ukraine when I spoke with a friend from Moldova who said that they didn't want to celebrate May 9th, which was normally a big deal among immigrants from the former Soviet Union, because Vladimir Putin was celebrating it. And I, I said to this person, I said, Vladimir Putin should not own this. That would be a victory for him. The defeat of Nazism is something that belongs to all of us. Do not let him own your Russian language. Do not let him own the holidays to which you alone should give meaning and not him. So here I am speaking of long ago. Why during Israel's war with uh, with Hamas and the modern-day Amalek, am I speaking about decades and centuries past? The events of October 7th, the horrific events which drew Israel into a war that it did not want, of course, lead me to look into our collective past when there were other attempts to exterminate the Jewish people. And there is no doubt that this latest war is not only being fought in Israel, but is being fought around the world. If there's one mistake that I have made, and many people have also, that mistake is confusing one's trust in the goodness of the Almighty with trust in the goodness of human beings. There is a saying that is rendered two very different ways. One saying is the Ohio State motto, which is, with God all things are possible. That's very optimistic, and that means if one uses one's God-given talents, uh, one's abilities, um, and clings to the guidance of our and commandments of our Creator, there is no limit to what we can achieve. I've seen this in, in our family. 
my father's life was prolonged for decades uh, through uh, medical intervention. He had a, an autoimmune disease which uh, would have would have killed him, but by grace of God, the wisdom of the doctors uh, was able. Uh, using that was made it possible for him to lead a productive and meaningful life. Uh, also, I've seen one of my grandchildren. Um, thank God, overcome daunting odds. I view the ability of humans to heal themselves as being a tribute to the, uh, a reflection of the glory of their creator. So, that, that with God all things are possible, Dostoevsky says the same thing in a different way. Without God, anything is possible. Meaning that human beings can descend to the lowest depths of depravity if they trust in their own intellect and their own reason and do not seek the guidance of a higher power. We, have, we saw that under the decades of communism, under Nazism. We saw that in China during its bloodied history from 19... Before 1949, but around then and onwards, the various genocides of the Chinese communists. And we see it yet again. Many people who are following the events in Israel and around the world very closely are turning away from some of the more gruesome and violent aspects of these events. There was a German film director, film producer named Fritz Lang. And in 1931, he produced a film called M. And it was about a serial killer of children who was uh, active in Berlin in the 19, early 1930s, late 20s. Uh, this is probably a one of the most profoundly upsetting and haunting topics that one can possibly approach. So what sticks in my mind is how he approached it um, artistically. I remember one scene in which the murderer had his back to the camera he was holding the hand of a child who was holding a balloon. And a little bit later, the balloon, with no child left to hold on to it, was seen going up into the sky. And that was as close as he came, this was as close as he came to um, portraying the actual horrors of what he was discussing in the film. I know people from some of the towns who were attacked. 
This is not a hypothetical event to me. And for that reason, I prefer the Fritz Lang uh, technique of uh, portraying and um, visualizing the horrors of war, of seeing the childless balloon rising, rising into a blue sky. Although I know there is much more than that. There have been times in my life when I was faced with very difficult uh, tests, crises, as one might say. And my, I have two prayers that I say at times like these, kind of spontaneous prayers. One is, God Almighty, Rabbi please open my eyes to the wisdom that will help me to cope with this crisis. And the second is, when this is all over, I want to be a better person because of it. I find myself in these times seeing the insanity and wickedness that was seen so clearly in Israel and is now being seen among other places in American universities, such as Cornell and Harvard, where genocide is applauded. I find myself saying these prayers almost constantly in different words. Then there is a question that comes up over and over again. One looks at the Holocaust, the Cambodian genocide of 1975 to 1979, the Holodomor, the forced famine of the Ukrainians by the communists, and one asks, where was God? I've heard people who um, responded to these events from their first-hand experiences by abandoning faith in a creator. And I've heard, heard people who said that their faith was actually somehow strengthened and everything in between. I approach it from a little bit of a different angle. What people be, look at what people can become when they become their own gods. When they worship their own complexion, their own language, um, their particular manifestation of humanity and negate that of others. There is a saying that's often inscribed in synagogues in Hebrew. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it uh, correctly. It is a tree of life to those who hold on to it. We were, we were pitched into an amazing world with unending potential in both, in both directions towards, towards good and towards its opposite. And we were also given 
um, scriptural revelations to help us deal with those things, to help us deal with uh, uh, the world and all its positive and negative potential. Some of the worst child abuse that occurred leading up to the events of October 7th occurred in the classrooms, the classrooms of Gaza. Also, let's not forget the classrooms here in the United States of America. There is a saying by Bertolt Brecht in one of his uh, more famous poems, uh, O Germany, Pale Mother, in which he says, Let others speak of their shame, I speak of my own. The poem is, upon close reading, actually um, patterned after and reflective of the biblical book of Lamentations. But... Um, it occurs to me that when we're taught in the classroom uh, class warfare, hatred of the enemy, class enemy, race enemy, national enemy, that anything is permissible in achieving one's goals. That truly is a form of child abuse. When people come up with insane new theories about gender identity and test those on helpless, impressionable young minds. That is a form of child abuse. I remember in my days when I'm ashamed to say I used to be a communist, believe in communism, they used to speak of the new socialist man that somehow this um, godless system based on eternal class struggle would lead to a, be a better human being, would lead to a new type of human being. Well, yes, it did. And we see the world that we are living in and what people are capable of when they worship a God that is created in their own image. What is the flip side of this? Is there any place for optimism? I believe that there is. Because I have seen that great evil elicits a response in people. It sometimes cries out for the goodness in, 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 in people. It brings people to Prayer, it brings people to help each other, to help feed and clothe the bereaved and displaced, and to build anew. I do not find myself wondering what the future will bring, what the future brings will be what we put into it. Speaking of my surroundings here in the United States, I feel sorry for people on college campuses. When I see these demonstrations, 
calling for death to Jews, gloating about some of the most uh, horrible atrocities, so-called uh, professors spouting idiocy and egging their students on to various forms of intellectual depravity. I feel sorry for these students. To the best of my ability, I'm giving charity to groups that are attempting to alleviate this situation. I believe that every good deed, every good thought, and every word of study of the good word, even if it is seemingly unrelated to the turbulent events around us, makes the world a better place. The ultimate Iron Dome that will protect us is the good deeds, the good words, and the good thoughts that uh, of which we partake. I wish all of you well, my dear listeners. May the Almighty protect and guide us in these turbulent times. Bless you all. Bless the soldiers who were defending Israel, defending those who are under attack, and may we all be successful in creating a peaceful, better world in which humanity is brought to its positive potential. This wraps up another weekly episode of Between the Presets. I thank you all for the pleasure of sharing with me my weekly muse. Whatever platform you access, hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a comment is much appreciated. My email address is thewinterriders at gmail.com. Thewinterriders at gmail.com. Dot com. Until next week, adio, which in some African languages means born on Monday or be righteous, and closely resembles adios in Spanish. <laughs>